1: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can follow us on Facebook or visit our website at BeatitudesChurch.org. Beatitudes Radio, empowering people to enrich society. Exodus 23,
0: 10-12 For six years you are to sow your fields and harvest the crops.
1: But during the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it. And the wild animals may eat what is left. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. Six days do your work, but the seventh day do not work. So that your ox and your donkey may rest. And so the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you Maybe refreshed.
0: Indoor go-karting. I love it. What's fun about those is you can sit in them, you strap in, you got your helmet on, and you go sliding around the corners. But occasionally I go to an indoor karting place that, that has what is called governors on their engines. It only allows them to go so fast those are boring. You don't get the thrill of going as fast as you can before you spin out. But I understand that there are reasons why they place them on, and it's primarily for safety. But it not only happens in indoor karting, but it also takes place on our highways. In the trucking industry, semis, a large portion of them have governors that will only allow those vehicles to go so fast. For many of them, that speed is 68 miles an hour. And again, it's safety. Because at 68 miles an hour, a truck going that fast versus a car going that fast, when you have to stop, it's a world of difference. But not only do they have them in limiting the speed of those types of vehicles, they also have them on cars and motorcycles. But they govern the top end. There are some automobile producers that will limit how fast their vehicle will go. One automobile maker puts a limiter at 155 miles an hour. Now, if you got a lot of money, you can pay that extra money and get that governor, that limiter, removed so you can have full potential of that engine. But not only do they have speed limiters, governors, they also have what is called rev limiters. And revlementors are is called revolutions per minute, how fast an engine is turning. I enjoy watching car races. And one of the reasons I enjoy that is because I find it fascinating that they build engines to go just 500 miles. That's it. And the reason why they can only go that far is because they are taxing that engine to its limit. But to make sure that the driver understands that there's only so far he can push that engine, they put on what is called a rev limiter. So the driver can only take it too, so far to reach that limit, because if he goes beyond it, the thing blows up. As human beings... I wish we had these internal governors or these limiters. Because as human beings, we have a tendency to go, go, go. Not only physically, but also emotionally and our minds, our intellect. We have a hard time taking rest. We have a hard time understanding that as human beings, there are limits to what we can do. There's only so much we can eat. There's only so much we should drink. But yet we tend to live our lives like there are no limits. And this is where we can turn back and look at the ancients. Because the ancients understood that there were limits. Wendell Berry, in a quote that he has in one of his poems, I took it and I tweaked a little bit, and I think he captures the essence of what the ancients believed. Wendell Berry, in his quote, it says, to thrive, we must accept our own and nature's limits. If we're going to thrive in this world, we have to understand our limits. And that's why the ancients came up with this idea of the essential aspect of resting, what is called a Sabbath. For the Israelites, they captured this idea In the Ten Commandments. Now, in the Bible, the Ten Commandments appear in two, possibly three different places. And in all three of those, they talk about keeping a Sabbath, a day of rest, a day of cessation, a day of stopping. In Exodus 20, the one that perhaps the majority of Christians are familiar with The reason why you are to rest is because that is the day that God created the world and he rested on that day. Therefore, humanity is to rest. Understand its limits. But in Deuteronomy 5, there's another set of Ten Commandments. And the fourth one reads like this. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Do this just as the Lord has commanded you. Do all your work in six days, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the honor of your God. Do not do any work on that day. The same command applies to your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, your donkeys, and all of your animals. It also applies to the outsiders who live in your towns. I want your male and female servants to rest just like you do. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and the Lord God reached out his mighty hand and powerful arm, and he brought you out of there. So the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day holy. Limitations. The imagery for the reason why they are to have this day of rest is tied into the story of a mass exodus from Egypt. While they were in Egypt, they were slaves. There was no opportunity for rest. Whatever limitations they had were given to them. They wanted you to work, you worked. And if it meant taking very little rest, time for yourself, that's what happened. And the Ten Commandments, this fourth one in Deuteronomy says that you need to understand that you are free. And as a free person, you can embrace your limitations. You can accept that you just aren't this mechanical being that just can continue to function and function and function. That you need to stop. That you need to think about your limitations when it comes to your ambitions and your striving. But not only are you to do that, but because you at one time were slaves and are now free and had no limits for your own choice, At the same time, now that you have those that you have authority over, you need to acknowledge their limitations. You need to be able to stop and say, these are my limitations. This is where I need to stop and rest and give that same privilege to those that you are authority over. Otherwise, you will be enslaving them. The other thing that I find fascinating is in this text, it says, remember that you were slaves. It's almost as if the writer is saying, look, this is what you used to be, why would you go back to that? And in my mind, I wonder if the writer had more in mind than just being a physical slave, that what he was talking about is becoming a slave to our ambitions and our striving and our fears. Perhaps the writer had all of that in mind, and if not, it is something that we should think about, the importance of understanding our limitations and finding a Sabbath, a place of rest. But what's fascinating is the ancients understood not only did we have limitations, but they also got the idea that the earth has limitations. And the earth, just as we need rest, the earth needs rest. That's why in Exodus chapter 23, we hear these words. For six years, plant your fields and gather your crops. But during the seventh year, do not plow your land or use it. Then the poor people among you can get food from it. The wild animals can eat what is left over. Do the same thing with your vineyards and your groves of olive trees. The imagery that we have here is that the earth itself has limits and we are to be in harmony with them. We are to acknowledge them. And so the earth needs to lie follow. It needs to not have to grow a crop Science tells us today that when we allow land to to lay still and not continue to produce, that the land is restored. The the soil itself has this cycle that it follows. And when that cycle is restored, the nutrients within that soil is restored also. And so when you go back and and you... plant again, the chances of success go up. Your crop yield goes up. And the ancients understood this. The ancients grasped this. Wendell Berry, in a poem entitled The Farm, also captures this idea. Listen now as that poem is read.
1: The farm, where you grew corn last year, sow buckwheat, let it seed. Then disc it in and grow a second crop to disc in. This is for hummus and to keep out the weeds. It is a Sabbath for the land, rest and enrichment. Good for it, good for you. For all the ones who are unborn, the land must have its Sabbath or take it when we starve.
0: So not only do we have rest for humanity, but you have rest for the land. And as Wendell Berry points out in that poem, One way or the other, the land will find its rest. Even if it means eventually that we starve and we die off, it's at that moment that the land will begin to restore itself. That is why it is so essential that we understand the limitations of what it means to be a human being living on this planet. Catherine Schiffer-Decker that's a hard name to pronounce, a Schifferdecker, says the following when she looks at where we are in the 21st century. We have arrived at this point in our history, for we have forgotten Sabbath, and the deliberate, the deliberate self-restraint and limits on human greed that, that Sabbath entails. We have forgotten our right relationship to the rest of God's creation. We have forgotten that the land does not belong to us. We are laboring under the yoke of greed, and we have put the yoke on our own necks. We cannot keep Sabbath, and the earth itself suffers because of it. Catherine sounds like one of these ancient individuals from our past who says, you got to slow down. Your human, your human desires, your human ambitions, your human striving, your lack of self-restraint. It's hurting you and it's hurting our world. Again, listen to this poem that captures that same idea.
1: We who prayed and wept for liberty from kings and the yoke of liberty accept the tyranny of things we do not need. In plentitude too free, we have become adept beneath the yoke of greed.
0: Wendell Berry, again, says, to thrive, we must accept our own and nature's limits. And perhaps that's where our hope lies. As we come to the end of 2020, and as we move forward into 2021, perhaps this is where we will find a sense of hope. Perhaps this Christmas season This is the greatest gift we can give each other and ourselves and the world. So what does that look like to have a Sabbath in your life? A time of rest for yourself and for our world. Well, first of all, for ourselves. When I'm talking about rest, I'm talking more than just sleep. We can have what is called active rest where we slow down enough and function within our own limitations. For example, socially. To occasionally take that opportunity to be with a friend, with whatever limitations COVID has placed upon us, to be with a family member, and to truly be present with them. Even if it means taking your phone and setting it aside or leaving it in your car. And just really being one-on-one or in a small group of people and really listening and being attentive. That's a way of of allowing ourselves to be limited to those that are in our presence. A great way to practice a, a Sabbath. Another one is mental. Wow, what would it be like to, in your mind, have a mental Sabbath where you could just turn a knob and shut it down? But the good news is, is that if you recognize the limitations on your mind, and just like the ground needs this time where it lies still, your mind needs the same. We're really good at multitasking, or at least we think we are. But science has shown us that when we become intently focused on just one thing, when we set aside the distractions, that we actually have greater success in our thoughts, in our creativity. And so here is a way that we can practice a mental Sabbath. Sabbath just sometimes allow ourselves just to be focused upon one thing, one mental task before us. And then the third one that we can practice is a soulful Sabbath. Something that is within us. Meditation. Experiencing different forms of prayer. Allowing ourselves to just be still in our inner being. That's why in our worship, we'll ask you sometimes to focus on your breath. Because it centers you. It limits you to the moment. These are just three ways, and there's so many more, that we can practice. Acknowledging that as human beings, there's limitations in our lives. And if we can accept them and embrace them, it enhances the quality of our life. But not only do we do that for ourselves, we also need to do it for the earth. As you are aware, we record on Friday. So this morning, before I left home to come up here to the church, I heard that there was an executive order that was going to be signed. You ready for this one? To roll back the limitations of showerheads. Years ago, in order to conserve energy, it was required for those who produce showerheads to limit the flow of water. On average, they said that it was saving people $70 a year on their water bill and saving up to 3,000 gallons. And now we've lifted those limitations. We've seen individuals, we've seen in our government, where they have tried to lift the limitations of carbon emissions by vehicles. With coal, with petroleum. Why? Because we don't want those limitations. Because greed is driving us. We don't want the land to lie, follow. We want, we want, we want. We want to consume. And that greed, that yoke of greed we've placed upon ourselves is having a huge impact upon our world. So one of the ways that you can give the world a Sabbath rest is consume less. Consume less stuff. Think about, instead of buying something, think if you could borrow it. Think about the possibilities of becoming a minimalist. My iPhone. Every two years, I can upgrade. Why? Because that's the way the world wants us to be. They want us to to buy the newest so that it can run the newest features and keep up with everyone else. And who's paying the price? Is ourselves and our world. We need to give ourselves the gift this Christmas of hope for a better life for ourselves and for our planet. That's why Wendell Berry is dead on when he says to thrive, to love, we must accept our own and nature's limits. And when we come to our limit, we must be still. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us for today's show. You can help us to continue this program by making your donations at theattitudeschurch.org backslash online-giving Beatitudes Radio Empowering people to enrich society
0: With the Lucky Land Slots you can get lucky just about anywhere This is your captain speaking uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky No, no, nothing like that It's just these cash prizes add up quick So I suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky